0: What's up, everyone? Welcome in to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Louisville Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. A lot of stuff to get to on this episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I know that at the conclusion of yesterday's show, I had previewed what was to come for this episode. However, some stuff happened between when this episode is being recorded and when the last one dropped, so we're going to get into that. We'll start out with Lamar Jackson, soon to be getting a statue outside of Cardinal Stadium, along with Johnny Unitas. We'll ask the question, is Lamar Jackson the most important player in Louisville football history? I believe so. We'll transition into former Syracuse running back Jawar Jordan, transferring to the Louisville program and what that means for the running back unit. And then we'll finish out with Coach Satterfield and whether or not he needs to reach a certain level of wins for this season to be a success for the Louisville football program. Just a little bit about myself for those that didn't listen in yesterday. For those that did, I definitely appreciate the support. We clocked in almost 80 downloads, which is amazing. I appreciate all of the support that you all have been giving. Like I said, my name is Dalton Pence. I am a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. Uh, it was where I serve as a recruiting analyst and a feature writer. I am formerly a part of Fansided's Big Red Louie in the state of Louisville, and I do some backup PA announcing for various Louisville sports like baseball, soccer, field hockey, lacrosse, so on and so forth. You can find me on Twitter at dpence underscore, and definitely be sure to check out the Locked On Louisville podcast Twitter page at L O underscore louisville like i said a lot to talk to let's go ahead and dive right on in i posed a question on twitter yesterday is where does lamar jackson rank in the most important players in louisville program history now i got a lot of a mixed bag of results i'd say probably a decent majority said that lamar was at the top some people chose teddy bridgewater uh, there were a couple that said Johnny Unitas. I even had a Elmis Doomerville. So I kind of want to really talk about that because, you know, Lamar Jackson finally getting a statue outside of Cardinal Stadium. And if you would have asked me, I would have said it should have gone up the moment he left the program. But I know that these things kind of take time. Um, there, there's a couple ways to look at this. I think that the number one way that we have to look at this is first by defining it. So when I'm talking about the most important player in program history, I'm not necessarily saying the most important player to their respective team, however, although you could make the case, and I will here in just a little while, for why Lamar is the most important to his respective, you know, Louisville squad. But also, you know, as it comes to outside of, you know, on the field, or outside of the field, I should say, and Lamar's effects definitely reach beyond that. But um, if you're looking just Specifically its stats, Lamar is top five in passing yards and passing touchdowns. He also ranks number one in program history in rushing yards. And uh, frankly, it's not even close. It's almost a 1,000 that separate him between Walter Peacock and rushing touchdowns. He has eight more than number two. He has 50 in his career, 42 to Jake Preston, who currently sits second on the list right ahead of Michael Bush. But... Um, <clears throat> On the field, I, I think it, it, it goes to speak. A lot of people will mention Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, I love Teddy. Teddy is one of my favorite uh, level quarterbacks. I'm only 23, so there's only a handful that I've actually been able to witness throughout my fandom. Um, but Teddy was kind of came in right as I really started to understand the game at about, you know, 12, 13 years old. So, um, you know, I remember how great those Teddy teams were. Um, you know, he's one of the big reasons – you know, on top of Charlie Strong and that dominant defense and all of that talent on that team, as to why Louisville was one of the programs that got the um, invitation to join the ACC. Um, but one thing that hurts Teddy is that you know, you know, you put the injuries into context and stuff like that in, in terms of his pro career, and it's simply just. You know, not a lot of people when they think of you know outside of Louisville they think of Teddy Bridgewater. Now I know that a good amount will, but when you think of Louisville football, you know the the face of the program throughout you know since he's been here is definitely Lamar Jackson. It, it it's kind of you know selfish thing to say and maybe a little bit unfair to Teddy when I you know you factor in uh, the professional um, results and stuff like that. But I think it's very very justified to do that because. Yo, the the face of the program kind of goes a long way outside of just how he did on the on the coll- collegiate field. Now, one thing that's going for Lamar is that he's the only Heisman Trophy winner in you know in Louisville football history, a unanimous NFL MVP. There's a a, a ton riding for Lamar Jackson, one of the bright young stars in the NFL. Um, he's definitely. Taking the world by storm, Uh, you can definitely say that the kind of the whole hoopla surrounding the draft when he went in, whether he's, you know, is he a running back or wide receiver or can he play quarterback? I think that that kind of played into his advantage because all eyes were on him once he stepped foot on the field. And then in his first season, the Ravens make the playoffs. Um, Second season, he goes on to win a unanimous MVP. And uh, last season, they make the playoffs as well. So Lamar Jackson definitely um, just scratching the surface of how good he's going to be. Um, but you know, I digress in that in that regard. But when you look at Lamar Jackson and what he did at Louisville, um, I think one of the big telltale signs is after Teddy left, you know, the, the team was still you know continually bowl eligible up until Lamar got there. When Lamar Jackson left Louisville, um, the team had possibly its worst season of all time, definitely statistically. Um, one of the worst Power 5 defenses in collegiate football history. Um, they went 2-10. and 10. I know that a lot of that can be pinned on Bobby Petrino's negligence to recruiting, and um, it seemed like the, the lust for development kind of got um, caught by the wayside. So you can't really pin that on the loss of Lamar Jackson, but however, I do think that um, Lamar Jackson mended over a lot of issues on that Louisville football team. I mean, you just got to face it. I think that Lamar probably should have won the Heisman right after his Heisman season in 2016 um, over Baker Mayfield in 2017. But at the end of the day, Lamar is the only Heisman trophy winner in Louisville football history. He is top five in multiple categories. I know that there's a, uh, you know, a beloved affection for Teddy as there should be, you know, Teddy is one of the great ambassadors for the uh, Cardinal football program but at the end of the day, um, you know, there is no correct answer other than Lamar Jackson. Some will say Johnny Unitas. However, I think um, it's really tough to take a player that played so long ago that only a handful alive have seen play um, and put them as the face of the program. I know that he's got an award named after him in college football, but at the end of the day, yeah, like I said, there's not many highlights on him. I know that he went on to win a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Colts. But father time really has uh, created a recency bias. And a lot of people have um, you know started to pay attention, more so to Louisville, with uh, Lamar Jackson at the helm. Definitely must-watch television, Um People would tune in. I had people outside of the program that I know say, "Hey, uh, what time does Louisville play today?" Just to watch Lamar play. That's just kind of the effect that he had on the country, um, and now he he's kind of definitely risen to superstardom. So um, I think it's Lamar. I'm not going to get too you know too um, jumbled into the argument because I think it's very clear cut. Yeah, you know, I love Teddy, but when you talk about the dynamics of how important they were to the to the program, um, Lamar. If you put Lamar on Teddy's team, there's a possible national title team. And um, if you kind of flip-flop the um, roles and make it to where Teddy won, it, if if Teddy won a Heisman, I think that that's where we can definitely have a conversation. Okay, who is going to be the most important player in football history uh, if both have a Heisman? But as of right now, it's kind of hard to compare the two when Lamar's accolades are are just significantly better. So um, before we get into – uh, a new addition into the Louisville football program right before the season starts. I want to talk to you all about Rock Auto. This episode, like I said, is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain. It's impossible to for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Make sure to go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So a new addition into the Louisville football program is Jawar Jordan. Um, Uh, transfer from Syracuse. There is a um, it was kind of a questioning move to some just because the running back committee is so very um, crowded right now. You have Jalen Mitchell, Travion Cooley, Hassan Hall, Maurice Berkeley, Aiden Robbins. Um, But like I was telling a couple people, this is definitely a move for the future. Um, Jordan If you can remember it back in when Louisville played Syracuse in 2019, there's probably some clips that you can go back and watch some highlights. Jordan actually had 223 all-purpose yards against the cards, um, and and what better way to scout a player for your squad than actually watching him tear you up in person. So, um, like I said, I think that this is a move for next season. Just a little bit about Jordan. He's definitely a speedster, ran a 4.340 as he was clocked a couple years ago. Ranked just outside of the top 700, I believe, in the 2018 class. As a freshman, true freshman for the Orange, showed a lot of poise um, and and really took advantage of the opportunities he was given. But when he was given the starting nod in 2020, struggled a little bit uh, before he suffered a season-ending injury in the third game of the season. So um, he, he had... About just under two hundred rushing and receiving yards combined in the twenty nineteen campaign has one touchdown to his name. Um, I truly wouldn't expect a lot from Jordan this season, just because Hassan Hall is going to really uh, provide the that speed back role and give you that um, skill set in terms of. Um, Kickoff returns and punt returns. I think Hall is going to be one of the names on there. You could also see a guy like, um, you know, Jordan on the kick returning team, along with maybe Tyler Harrell. Um, there's just kind of some questions as to the fit when you have a scholarship open, but to to add a guy this late in the game just kind of serves as depth. But I really do think that this this is a play for next year. Because Maurice Berkeley's is going to be gone, Hassan Hall could decide to turn pro or transfer out. Uh, the, like I said, this running back room is extremely crowded. Um, outside of you know those two, I think Jalen Mitchell and Travion Cooley are definitely the backs for the future. However, neither is a speed back, so getting a guy who is able to you know switch the play, you know switch the pace of play. Uh, just a different overall skill set. I could see Jordan being used in hybrid situations like a Corvin Lamb did back in the you know mid-2010s. If you can remember, um, kind of a third down back, I could see Jordan really fitting into that role. But there, there's got to be something there. Um, I think that there's no doubt in my mind that Satterfield is a guy who can identify talent. Look at Catrell Clark when he was committing to Louisville outside of Liberty. You know, some people were scratching their head, like, huh, oh, well, what's going on?" And I think people are doing that the same with um, you know a lot of the juco additions for this offseason. But Cottrell Clark is you know one of the best corners in the ACC now, and I'm not saying that you know Jordan's going to play himself into all ACC honors, but I would definitely caution people to make too quick of a judgment just because I think that this is a um, a play for the long term. And if you look at it, Louisville doesn't have a running back committed in the 2022 class, so adding depth for next year because there is a very real possibility that, like I said, Berkeley's gone, Hall's gone. I could very well see Aiden Robbins transferring if um, you know if we don't, if he doesn't switch positions or um, get a lot of touches, but he seems like the odd man out in that realm. I just see Jordan as a as a solid addition for the future, and I was kind of rolling through some you know some Syracuse blog sites and seeing what they had to say, and um, it seems like Syracuse, like Louisville, has kind of a crowded backfield to where some guys were going to have to leave to get some opportunities elsewhere. Jordan, unfortunately, fell into that mix, so it seemed like um, some were inferring that he was falling down the depth chart up in Syracuse, but um, there was definitely a, a you know an assurance that you know Jordan is very talented. It's just a matter of being able to put it together on the field, finding the right system for him, and in an offense like Louisville's that runs the ball a ton, that's definitely uh, you know, a a big possibility for the Cards. So I do think that um, that this could be a a low risk, medium reward situation for the cards, I'm not very comfortable with calling it a high, a high reward at the moment just because when you look at the context, I'm just not so sure how much he's going to get snaps, meaningful snaps this season, so it, it, it's one of those kind of stash type players, you take a player, you know, you you bank on his development, roll him out for the 2022 season, and hopefully he can give you some, um, you know, like a Corvin Lamb type, Role or even like a a lesser, um, who's who's another speed back like almost like a if he could turn into like a Brandon Radcliffe, in terms of not being all that big, but you know get building his strength up. I don't think the the build is the same. Rat bad Rad was um yeah you know, there was a thing where he he could squat like so. So 100, however many pounds, like that was amazing. I'm not sure that uh, Jordan's ever going to get to that point. But, you know, getting a smaller guy that can kind of bounce in between the tackles and um, has some underrated speed um, at 4-3. So I think um, if we're going to see Jordan producing any this year, I think it's going to be on special teams. And I can't tell you the last time that wobbles truly had a big, you know, big-time kick returner that, that's been an immediate threat. Um, punt returner, you can go back to Jair Alexander in, uh, 2000 and, um, I believe 15, right before his breakout season, he was a, he was a big time punt returner, but I don't, I can't tell you the last time we've ever had like a big, you know, home run threat kick returner. I know that Hassan Hall, um, and, and guys like that have been able to try to break through that mold. Um, you know, Corvin I I keep coming back to Corvin Lamb just because I think that when you when you factor in how similar they are in terms of body stature, in terms of speed, uh, hopefully Jordan doesn't run into the health issues that Lamb had, all the nagging injuries, and if he can stay healthy, you know, he he can definitely offer some good, much needed depth for next year. So Louisville football for next year is going to be very interesting. I don't actually think that they're done adding some more players. There's going to be another player that we'll talk about when he gets announced on the Louisville program, possibly you know this week, who knows. Um, but there's no doubt that next season is going to be um, a big test for the Satterfield regime in year three. Some things need to happen to ensure that it's a successful season. Before we talk about the win totals, I want to speak to you all about BetOnline AG. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for your, all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news. Be sure to sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. As this is your chance to get in the game as your teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Be sure to use the code promo code locked in for all of your bet online needs. So there's there's a, there's a big 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 Uh, debate going on within the Louisville fan base I really wouldn't call it kind of a debate I think it's just kind of um, I mean I guess you could call it a debate I think it's really just more of uh, people giving their opinions and just kind of leaving it at that Um, that you know some people have been throwing out different win totals as to what constitutes a a successful season for the cards and I think you know everyone wants to make things black and white in this world when in all reality, 90% of this world is, is in the gray area. So I think you really have to factor context into everything. Um, so I don't know. I don't necessarily think that there is a set win total, but uh, I do think that there is a catch. The number one catch is I think Louisville has to make a bowl game. I know that some can, some factors are out of their control. Um, COVID is still, still an issue However, um, year three of this regime, you know, the first year they exceeded expectations and went eight and five, beating Mississippi State in the um, in the Music City Bowl. Last year, a couple one-score games um, kind of led that to a four and seven record. Outside of um, you know, a couple of games could have made it six and five, you know, so on and so forth. I, and this year we're back to a full schedule. The non-conference slate is extremely tough. There's two SEC teams, Ole Miss to begin the season, Kentucky to end the season. Central Florida will be played on September 17th at Cardinal Stadium. Uh, Eastern Kentucky should be a win. So when you look at those four games, um, I think it's it's very – I'm not going to go say very optimistic. I think it's very realistic that the Cards can go 2-2 two and two in those games. Um, I think that they're going to lose both games to the SEC squads. But, you know, you factor in, let's say they get two wins there, so you have to win four out of the seven games. Florida State, Wake Forest, Virginia, Boston College, NC State, Clemson, and Syracuse. If you kind of break it down, Florida State, Wake Forest, Syracuse, all teams that Louisville beat last year, they should end up beating again this year. You know, Virginia and Boston College are teams that, sure, they lost by the double digits, but when you really look at it, the turnover – Margins is what killed the team. They actually outgained, you know, some of those some of the teams that they played that they ended up losing to. Um, NC State and Clemson are going to be hard games. Uh, I really wouldn't surprise me to see Louisville lose both of those, especially you know to Clemson on November sixth. Um, they also have Duke later on in the season, who is supposed to be middle of the road in the um, in the coastal division. So I I think it's I, you know, I I'm very Hesitant to say that this could be a nine to ten win season just because a lot of things are going to have to go right. There's just a ton of questions over, you know, the wide receiving core, the depth at safety, um, how much Malik Cunningham is going to progress into the season. Is he going to bounce back like um, some think he will? There's some, you know, caution, you know, air to caution there. But I, I think that, you know, what I keep coming back to is that Louisville has to make a bowl game. You know, I don't. You know, you you can say what you will about the whole de, you know debacle last year, the whole ordeal with Satterfield in South Carolina. Uh, some will say that he interviewed um, and didn't get the position. Some say that he, the position was offered and that he turned it down. He just wanted to hear it out. I, I don't care what you say. You know, w- w- throwing that out the window. You know, what what needs to be taken at face value is that this is year three of a new of a of a coaching staff. And year one was a bowl victory. You know, year two things didn't go well. There's a lot of factors, but when you look at year three, that's always supposed to be the turning point of um, of a program. You know, when you when you factor in Charlie Strong, year three, Bobby Petrino, first stint, year three, that's when the program really started taking a turn for the better. I know that Satterfield had a little bit of a You know, kind of had a little unfair with last year, but everyone dealt with COVID. So as much as people, you know, we can acknowledge that it was a little bit of a setback, but we don't have to keep using COVID as an excuse last year, just considering the fact. I'm not, you know, trying to downplay COVID or anything or its effects. What I am saying is that every team had to deal with it last year. So using as an excuse is is a little lazy, in my opinion, just because, you know, COVID showed no restrictions or, um, you know, or, you know, favorites or anything like that. Um, and touching on expo- what are the expectations for a Louisville program? You know, every year should be a bowl victory. I'm not saying that, you know, we should be competing for a playoff bid or uh, a conference championship bid. But I don't think it's out of you know the realm of reason to argue that Louisville football should be in a bowl game every single year. And if we're not, then something is not going right. I think that this, this team is going to reach a bowl game. Um, but when, can, constituting what is a successful season, well, it really just depends on: are are we talking about you know being satisfied? Are we talking about is does successful mean? Exceeding your expectations. Here's my definition of what a successful season for Louisville would look like, and I think it's kind of a little bit of you had to break it down. Number one, and this has to be mandatory: the Louisville football team makes a bowl game. Um, winning a bowl game is a different story. There's a lot of factors that go into that, but making the bowl game is the number one priority. Um, number two is you have to, you know, you have to take care of the games you're supposed to, and and I think that kind of factors into making the bowl game. But I think taking care of the games that you're supposed to and winning some games that you might not potentially be favored to win in. Like, um, I think that, you know, you should be beating Syracuse. You should beat Wake Forest. You should be Easter Kentucky. And in my opinion, you know, you should win that game at Florida state, um, Boston college, NC state Clemson. Those are going to be tough games. You should win Thursday night at Duke. Um, I think I think a successful season, you know, in terms of contest in context, is anything over six wins. Um, a bowl game is mandatory and satisfactory, but anything after that is icing on the cake. Um, and then when you look at kind of breaking down where where the the team is, you know, specifically, I think that seeing some improvement on the defense and um, some of the, st- the statistics there, if they can, you know, start to give up less yards and um, force more turnovers I think that that's a successful season for the defense limiting turnovers on offense better protection from Malik Cunningham and Malik Cunningham proving you know keeping his accuracy but throwing less interceptions being smarter with the ball and passing the eye test um, and also you know guys stepping up at running back guys stepping up at wide receiver like I said there's levels to success in it. and when you're talking about overall success I think it's it's gradual progression over the handful of units that you have, but I'm gonna I keep you know pegging you know I keep putting this out there, and the, the, this has to be reached for it to be a success, successful season. whole football, football has to reach a bowl game in 2021. It doesn't matter if they go back to the Music City Bowl. There has to be some type of positive momentum heading into 2022. When you know, I feel like you're you you kind of have the most slept on squad. If you paid attention or listened to Monday's episode, you'll you would hear that. Yeah, you know, I think that this Louisville squad is the most underrated and slept on team in the ACC, being projected to finish sixth in the Atlantic. I think it's gonna be higher than that. I have a ton of of, of promise for this for this Louisville squad. So. You know, in terms of success, you know, getting to where you need to be and winning, you know, getting to a bowl game is 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 successful for the cards. Uh, so we talked about Lamar Jackson and and how he's the most important player in Louisville football history. Uh, touched on Jawar Jordan and what that meant for the Louisville football running back committee, and also what constitutes a successful season for year three under the Scott Satterfield regime. Um, be sure to. Tune in tomorrow. I think we're going to go back to what we thought for um, for the Tuesday show. You know, right away we're going to do some pos- uh, positional breakdown. We're going to dive in further into the schedule and kind of predict where the wins and losses are going to be. Uh, the third is kind of up for debate right now. If they get the commitment for a wide for the uh, for a basketball team, that's when we'll talk about that. Um, but we will um, dive into a little bit of the defensive progression you know, that I plan to see for this upcoming season. So be sure to, you know, like I said, you can check me out on Twitter at defense underscore L at LO underscore Louisville is the Locked on Louisville Twitter podcast page. If you haven't already done this earlier in the show, we ask that you please subscribe or follow to the podcast so you can get the latest episodes as soon as they publish. Before we get out of here, I want to talk to you about Locked on Bets. Betting on the Cardinals does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's Locked of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcast. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Locked On Louisville. Be sure to check out the- Check out the conference Locked on ACC podcast for all of your conference news that pertain to not only Louisville and everything else surrounded by the conference, hosted by Candace Cooper. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow.